comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. So you have things ready this week? You know it, man. Really? Yeah. We're talking about Elysium, right? Yep. Yeah, so I'm prepared. I rewatched District 9, Contact, a ton of Matt Damon films, and I even built my own robot. Really? You built your own robot? You know it. It can walk around and bring me all the Capri Suns that I want. That's the program you made for your robot? Bringing you Capri Suns? Yeah, why not? I don't know. That just seems kind of... Wait, are you even going to be around for the show this week? Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is not here. Abe is... I've, I've come all the way up to the barrier. Closest to where Abe is, is, possibly getting into the same room as him, and his is the week that he decided to leave and go to Seattle. So he's not going to be here. But I assume it's because I have such a strong panel of guests to join me this week to talk about Elysium. But before that, Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode 115. And this week we were talking about Elysium, the new film from director Neil Blomkamp, starring Matt Damon and Jodie Foster. And joining me to discuss Elysium, we have founder of FirstShowing.net, recently featured on Bloomberg's television's Taking Stock, Alex Hendrickson. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. For sure. Uh, from Cinemaxwell.com, all his thoughts of movies we are talking about today have been downloaded from his mind. Maxwell Haddad. Hello, everybody. And from awardcircuit.com, he has been activated in order to join this podcast. Mark Johnson. Hey, everyone. <laughs> the enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I had, a, I had a, late, a late night out with friends last night, so I'm just recovering right now. Bear okay. with me. So you'll bring that Johnson heat later. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll warm up. I'll warm up. <laughs> All right. Cool. So let me get to... Uh, I'm excited about this podcast, by the way. I'm happy to have all you guys on here. You, not, yeah. All three of you have not been on in quite some time, so there you go. Yeah. Alex, My I life you, is complete yeah. once again. Alex, you haven't been on since The Hobbit, I'm pretty sure. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so here we go. Okay, some, some show note stuff. What do we got here? Um, oh, I announced a contest last week. Abe and I have a contest going um, in honor of The Conjuring's smashing box up success. Um, you can still email us to put on our Facebook page, email um, outnowpodcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Uh, your favorite ghost story and why, and the winner of that contest will receive a copy of The Fog on Blu-ray, brand new copy of The Fog. So there you go. That's that. I'll probably bring that up again later on. Um, let's see. Our bonus episodes. We had, um, well, last week I had uh, Mark and Marcus, Mark Hoban and Marcus, uh, record 
a debate about the way way back, and I'm gonna post that as soon as I can. But that's just if I didn't already, if you haven't listened to it already. So there you go. And I also posted all my way way back interviews. I put that into one big long. I, I stitched all those interviews together and put it onto the uh, Podomatic page. Out not duck out not a Podomatic account. So feel free to check those out if you want to. What else we have? Um, the iTunes reviews and ratings always good to get those. Helps out the show very quick. You log on iTunes, you type in a sentence maybe, or give us a star rating. We continue to do this because we get you know people like you feeding back to us. So there you go. Be helpful. iTunes reads ratings. And let's see. Well, <laughs> last thing. Um, there's for people that follow me more closely. There's been amounts of recent drama in my life, and many of you have reached out to me, which has been very thank thoughtful. So uh, thanks to you listeners that have been doing that. So there you go. Let's get to know everybody. Uh, each week at Out Now Out There, we try to set the tone for the podcast by asking each other a few questions. Better get to know everybody. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off. Um, Mark Johnson. Sure. Elysium, where where all you do is rest on chaise lounges and have cocktail parties, or Wally's Axiom, where you never have to walk due to lack of bones and everything is automated for you. Which which oh, do you which do you jump onto? Uh, I would definitely go Elysium route, I believe, because I'm too active. Uh, my wife might disagree, but I I have too much uh, energy to just sit and lounge around. So, so cocktail parties, biz. Yeah. For now, Elysium, maybe in 30 years, I'll retire to the world of Wally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go, uh, Alex. Um, William Fichter plays Matt, Dam- Matt Damon's boss in Elysium. Um, he's one of my favorite character actors. What is one of your favorite films or performance of his? William Fichter? Oh my god, he has so many. Uh, yeah. the best. Let me find out. The one that comes to the top of mind, and this is cliche, but I just love the brief appearance he makes is in the beginning of The Dark Knight in the prologue. Uh-huh. Right. Um, or in the bank. That's um, a solid one. Yeah, because I, I had no idea he would be in it, and then I saw that yeah. and I was like, yeah, it's awesome. But he's in anything he's in, I'll... I love him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are it's foreshadowing our game later, but just saying. Uh oh. We'll get we'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Is my my turn for a question? Yep. Um. All right. Um. I guess Max. Uh. With since this has Matt Damon, which Matt Damon performance do you hate the most? Do I hate <laughs> dis- the most? <laughs> which one of his performances do you dislike? I dislike uh, his performance in Invictus. Because I find really? I find most South African accents unconvincing and I just didn't like the accent in that. Alright. That's fair. <laughs> Did you like Morgan Freeman in it at least? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely good in it. Okay. I'm trying to think of other bad Matt Damon performances. Yeah, it's, I can't it's really, a tough question. I can't really do that. He reliably <laughs> excellent. Um all right, I will ask this question to our great and illustrious leader. Oh, that's that, okay. That's you. <laughs> and that question is, seeing as how now that director Neil Blomkamp has done two uh, similarly, visually similar science fiction pictures, is there a genre or style you would like to see him tackle next? Oh, um, a, a gritty favela earth musical, obviously. I think that's, um, <laughs> I think if we just see like, 
I, you know, if it's District 10 and he goes musical on it, but, you know, so be it. But, like, you just see people, like, on the tops of shanty towns akin to something like Dick Van Dyke and the other chimney sweeps on the top of chimneys in Britain. Like, if you just see them all on top of their fellow buildings, like, just, da, 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 da. like, it's just, that'd be amazing, I think. There you go. I'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I, people keep, like, people laugh at the idea of, like, musicals involved in, like, you know, superhero movies or something. I'd watch the, I'd watch the shit out of that movie immediately if that came out. It's like, <laughs> X-Men Origins, Wolverine the Musical, done. I'd see it right away. Yeah, Wouldn't be any worse than it was on... Yeah, right? You see Hugh Jackman and Believe Schreiber jumping through time while singing. That'd be amazing. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a whole other podcast on this. Um, okay. I'm going to shoot Rowan right back at you, Maxwell. Okay. Favorite sci-fi soundtrack from the past few years, like score? Oh, boy. Um, it's fairly recent, but I really have to go with Cloud Atlas. That score uh, kind of brings me... It makes me very emotional, even without the context of the film. It's a good choice. Yes, yes, it's a very good choice. <laughs> Unrightfully not nominated, I'd say. Yeah. Well, you know. It has this love still, cult love. You know? um, as, as we're experiencing this growing, this like base of people who do love it, thank goodness. Who hasn't had two questions? I think Alex? Yeah, I have. Yep. Okay, um... What Alex? What do you think the most impressive visual effect is you've seen from a sci-fi film, or what any film has the most? Film? Yeah, just any any sci-fi fantasy film. What do you what 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 visual effect were you maybe the most impressed by? In my life, in recent years, <laughs> I need to be uh, yeah, um, just of, re- of all time, of all time or recent years. Go recent years. Go recent years. Recent time. I was gonna say of all time, it, it's probably Jurassic Park. That's just yeah. in the way that I was just completely convinced the moment I saw it and had no question about the visual effects, which is what the best visual effects should be. Um, but in recent years, oh, I mean, I like, to be honest, I really like District 9's um, Aliens. Same sort of thing where I was not even questioning them from the moment you saw them and they interact and they fit within the world so seamlessly that there's no. There was never a moment for me to be like, oh, this is CGI. It was like, how are they doing this? How? It, uh, which one is man in suit versus which one isn't? I yeah. tend to think that about um, Davy Jones in the Pirates. Uh, Dead yeah, Man's that's Fest. a great like, one. That's yeah. one where I like. I still, I watched it recently just because that's what that's how I roll. I watched it after Lone Ranger. I only watched the second one because I clearly think that's the best one at this point. But I mean, <laughs> I watched it as like how like the, it's 2006 that movie came out. It's like this movie, this just looks amazing. Like there's no. It looks like this had a guy that had like an animatronic tentacle suit on. Like it doesn't <laughs> look fake at all. It's yeah, impressive. That was amazing. That won the Oscar. I mean, that that yeah, that already got its acclaim. Yeah. Enough, no. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, the is the, the question I want to ask. This is for everyone because it's sort of a primer for what we'll probably get into with Elysium. But since Elysium has Jodie Foster, and that's where we'll talk later. But yeah. How have you guys seen and do you guys like The Beaver? I have not seen the Beavers, so I can't respond. I have, and God, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm all. I'd, I'd almost say I'm indifferent. I guess to it, it was, it was okay, but it's not a movie I think I'd ever go back to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, as crazy as Mel Gibson is, you know, I, I'm a fan of a uh, redemption story, so I, I was hoping the Beaver was going to be the film to kind of. Uh, get him back in good graces, but he, I think he had one more rant after that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent to it, I guess. And uh, sadly, I have not seen it either. So 
Yeah, that's the kind of. Who are the Who are the kids in that movie? <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Is Jennifer Lawrence? What? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. And El- Anton Yelchin's in it, and. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who the other kid was. But. It's a really strong cast for a movie I have no interest in seeing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Wait, Alex, Alex, did you like it or? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of like you. The only reason it was on my mind is having seen her in Elysium again. I would came to my thought, and I was thinking like, I kind of want to see it again just to have just just because it was on my mind. But I know I'm gonna watch it and be like, ugh, like more, you know, yeah. the parts where you're just like, oh come on, but. There's, I don't know, it's okay. I like the concept more than the execution. I said that about, I said that about flight plan. No, I don't. No one says that. I lied. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> All right. I'll, let me ask you a question, Mark. Um, okay. Seeing as how Elysium, as is common with science fiction as a genre, has a you know socio-political message attached to it. What? currently untapped socio-political message do you think would make for a good science fiction concept? Wow. I am not a very political person. I kind of uh, kind of get my news from The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and that's about it. So I, <laughs> I, I tend to look... Uh, Parentheses, John Oliver. I tend to try and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tend to try and find the entertaining value of, of political news just because the other the rest of it's depressing. Um, I God, what hasn't been tackled before? I mean, maybe if it's sci-fi, since there's so few women like main characters, maybe something. You know, I mean, we had Alien with great you know Sigourney Weaver Ripley character, but maybe some, something to do with uh, females kicking ass. I don't know. I, it's tough politics. to say. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Interesting. Fair enough. All right. I think yeah. we've... Tough, tough question. <laughs> That's Maxwell. He's always hidden with the hard-hitting question. That's why they take me so long to come up with. <laughs> I, I would apparently shrivel under the uh, spotlight of a 60-minute interview or something. So hopefully I can avoid that. He's got to take some notes from Bloomberg Television's Taking Stocks. <laughs> Alex <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> okay. um, no, that was cool, man. That was that was neat to see you on this. Yeah. Um, was... All right, let's uh, let's move on here. That's how we play. Now, everybody, let's get down now, quickies. See, um, this is where we talk about a few movies that we also might have seen this week, in addition to Elysium. And I'm gonna ask Maxwell first. Maxwell, have you seen any other movies this week? Yeah, I saw this week. I saw the Spectacular Now, uh, which I had been looking forward to after Festival Buzz, and I enjoyed very, very much. Um, it's a kind of sneaks up on you on how hard it hits, but I, I tend to be a fan of coming-of-age stories. I thought this one was done in earnest and with really natural performances. The, the two leads are terrific, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's been a good year for coming-of-age type movies. It, was just... it certainly has. Uh, Mark? Yeah, I, I saw recently another coming-of-age story, I guess you could say, for the, the way, way back. Uh, yeah. So I'm curious to see what uh, what that debate about it, I would assume. If I had to guess, I'd assume Hoban's on the side of liking it, but uh, I don't want to spoil whatever it is. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's I like. No, it's fine. I could, I could set it up. Hoban really loved it, and Marcus really yeah. hated it. So that's why I yeah. want them to have a debate about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, like I just Southern Wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a big fan of it, and uh, Sam Rockwell was. You know, I mean, I don't know how much of it was just his character was so awesome versus his performance, but either way, he handled it great, and I was a big fan of him and and the movie. And then uh, recently, uh, just this weekend, 
watched The Place Beyond the Pines, which is still my favorite film of the year. So those are the two that I caught up with this week. Not a bad choice. Yeah, good choices. Alex? Um, well, the one movie I saw, I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Um, no problem. But I've been watching, uh, no, I would love to mention it, but I can't. Um, but uh, the other one I've been watching recently is the um, uh, Miyazaki film From Up on Poppy Hill. Yeah. Uh, it's their m- most recent one that I just got a copy yeah. of. And um, so far, it's really beautiful. Like, more so than I was expecting. I, I love any Studio Ghibli film, but this one, like, I've been watching just being like, wow, this is this is particularly beautiful. I'm already, like, swelling up with emotion. It's just like a normal scene of them walking down the street. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Love all their films. Just walking down the streets of the Before Midnight of Miyazaki films? No, but... but <laughs> um, Someone should make that. No, uh, no, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not like fantastical in any way. It's like a love story in the real world, basically. Oh, neat. Yeah, no, that's on my, um, yeah, my, in my queue right now. So I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out soon. His, uh, th- doesn't he have a new one this year about the, the focuses around the guy who invented the planes that attacked Pearl Harbor? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could see it, yeah. but it looks great. Yeah, it looks too. awesome. Is on Poppy yeah. Hill? Is that actually done by Miyazaki, or is that just his company? Or is that, um, is that no, he he. I think it's shit, you know. I don't know. I think his son directed it. So I don't sounds, think he directed it. That sounds familiar. That's what it, that, that's what. Because yeah. I, I know he was working on the the other one that Mark's talking about. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. But that's why it is. It's it has like a slightly different sensibility to it, but in a way that's more like fun. Like the music plays a lot more into the action. It's, it's really nice. <laughs> it's, if you want one of those like nice afternoon watches, like pop this in. Awesome. Yeah. No, I'm cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've seen a few things. Um, I saw, I saw we are the Millers, which opened this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I laughed during a good portion of it. I can't say it's like a movie I'm going to remember in like a month from now, but I mean, it's not terrible. I was surprised. I didn't like specifically didn't check the Rotten Tomatoes this week, and it also might have been due to I needed something to laugh at in theaters. But I, I had an enjoyable time with We Are the Millers. I would just say I think it ends terribly, but there's a good there's a solid first two acts of that movie. Um, it also makes me wonder if Jennifer Aniston like has really low self esteem, and she's like, "I need to show off how hot I am," because that's that's <laughs> that's the stripping scene of the movie. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I don't think anyone else is confused about Jennifer Aniston being right. a beautiful person, but you know, she apparently is. So. <laughs> not saying yeah, she's that not, way in, uh, in, she, uh, in uh, horrible bosses too. Yeah, exactly. That was her role in that that film as well. Interesting. It's like Angie and Brad like prank called her and told her she's ugly, and so now she's like getting back. What if that was true? What if that's a thing that happened? No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, I also saw saw this movie, It's a Disaster, which is on streaming now. Has anyone else seen this movie? Into Disaster? It's it's a disaster with uh, David Cross, Julia Stiles, America Ferreira, a bunch of of people. It's about like these... It's... Uh, it's a it's a movie. It's um, a bunch of people go to like a couple's dinner uh, brunch during like the middle of the day on the weekend. They're just like live in the suburbs, and they find out that like there there's been dirty bombs in like the city, and there's like just radiation coming, and they have to stay inside this house for the whole time. It's uh, very much a it's it's not it's like uh, it's like this is the end for like the art house crowd. That's kind of the uh, <laughs> the tone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's really sharply written. Very it's very kind of bitingly funny, and I, I quite enjoyed it. That's uh, you know it was like it was mixing like uh, this is the end and uh, what's it called Carnage, 
from last, with Jodie Foster from last year. Uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of just kind of like sharp, like couples dialogue just biting back and forth at each other, mixed with the fact that you know the end of the world's kind of happening. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this movie. Actually, it's called <laughs> "It's a Disaster." It's on Netflix Instant Watch now. And speaking of Instant Watch. Uh, you know what? Actually, um, it's a disaster. I remember there was like, remember there were like six second clips of from posted yes, online for like the whole there, movie. That was like that, how they're advertising. Oh yeah. Now, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's. I was figured that that will tap into how they know it. Okay. Um, I guess that that marketing scheme worked to an extent because now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, and this is the most unlikely one that I hear that any of you guys will heard of. I haven't heard of it until just a couple days ago. There's a show on Netflix to watch. Joining the ranks of House of Cards and um, Orange is the New Black and Arrest Development called Mako Mermaids, which is an Australian what? an Australian show for preteens about these high school girls that are mermaids that like they get kicked out of their mermaid home because like a boy came in and turned into a merman. And they have to like what? take. The, I know this is a real thing. <laughs> My mom was watching this show, and I watched like the last three episodes of the season because they became highly addictive. <laughs> I was like, "What's happening?" This, it's a show about mermaids you, in Australia. Uh, I just sure want. To... I just want to point it out. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll do it. I just wanted to point it out that this show exists. It's on. It's like wow. one. Of, it's one of Netflix's other like its original series. It's Australian mermaids. So there you go. Just saying. Make I'm very interested now. I, I, I know. I, I figured you would be. I figured like you, you'd be like, I need to get off this podcast and watch that show immediately. I, I have a great respect for all things mermaid. There you go. <laughs> you and my mom should talk. She loves mermaids. So. All right. Okay. So that's that. No hoogies. Yeah. Let's get to movie trailer talk where we talk about some of the latest movie trailers and the, when they're coming out and what we thought. And the first one we have is the trailer for the new the new film from writer director Spike Jones. It's called Her, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Rooney Mara, and Scarlett Johansson as Her. And uh, this is a film about this lonely guy who he like buys a new operating system. It's I assume it's maybe slightly in the not too distant future. And this operating system has the voice of Scarlett Johansson, and it's kind of designed to do everything for him and i imagine he probably falls in love with her um with that said mark johnson i know you're a big fan of the trailer what did you think of oh, it? yeah yeah i watched it uh quite a bit and actually i watched it right before we got back on just to refresh but uh i mean it looks extremely impressive i you know i'm a big fan of his adaptation and uh being Mon- being john malkovich as well it's definitely has that quirky lonely vibe spike jones um seems to deliver uh, there's that one moment in the trailer where I think it's Scarlett that, uh, over the phone that just says uh, something like, how would you touch me? They were talking about, you know, I wish you were here. And she says something like, how would you touch me? It's just like heartbreaking. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. I know it's, I think it's closing the New York Film Festival or something like that now. So that's a good sign for the film too. Maxwell? So, excited. Yeah, I think the trailer is really lovely. I'm always happy when Spike Jones has a film and there's something just in the trailer about Joaquin Phoenix's facial expressions that I already find very relatable. I, I think it's a unique premise without being too outlandish, and it, it could prove to be very, very good. Cool. Alex? Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> no, I, I love this trailer. Um, I love the music and the way it sort of builds with the lightness to it. I, I was concerned 
reading the concept that it was going to be too comedic or too like just yeah. off the wall weird. And this is like everything that I was not or everything that I was concerned about is not in this. It's exactly yeah. kind of, it's a, you know everything else, but just I, I, I can't point. wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. who know, who knows what's in the movie? But at least the way they're presenting it. Now it's like this is. I, I'm I'm worried that I'm gonna fall for it in like a big way. Like oh my god, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think I would love this movie so much, but wow, you're getting to me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm down for it too. We talked about uh, the secret life of Walter Mitty last week on the show, and yeah. uh, I mean, it seems like there's gonna be a good double feature between those two movies, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm I, I I'm a fan of this trailer. I like seeing Joaquin Phoenix explore different kind of things again, and here we have coming off of the master. Now we have a a different kind of soulful performance more of just this lonely guy and I'm, I'm excited to see I, I'm happy seeing Joaquin Phoenix in these types of roles again it's after you know that period it's nice, it's nice to see him back here <laughs> so, and you know just, prove, just showing off how good of an actor he can be and uh, I mean, and you have a, a stellar female cast as well so and you know yeah. I haven't seen a I haven't seen a Spike Jones movie I haven't loved so there you go I'm exactly. excited, excited to see her and I'll be able to see her uh, coming this November, November 20th. I imagine that's probably limited release before it gets spread wider. So uh, this Thanksgiving, <laughs> see Joaquin Phoenix yeah. and her. said that as well as I wanted to. Okay, next trailer we have is Old Boy. This is the remake of the fantastic Korean film, uh, now directed by Spike Lee, of all people, starring Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen, and everyone's favorite South African, Charlton Copley. And, and and I forgot I forgot Sam Jackson was in this movie until a trailer came out for it. But here we are with Sam Jackson in it. And um, yeah, this is uh, the story of a man who's kidnapped, held hostage for years in solitary confinement, and then he's released, and he has to figure out why. Uh, if you haven't seen the Korean version of this movie, see that movie. But regardless, what did you think of the trailer? I'll start with Alex. I um I was similar kind of thing, expect not expecting much or expecting just something horrible. And I have to say, when I watched this, I was like, this isn't that bad. Or at least I'm, like, open to seeing what he's going to show now and not hating that it's just trampling on the original one. But And it's not supposed to be because they're supposedly going back to the original manga to adapt this. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some shots in it and some moments. I'm like, that's pretty badass. And, like, I keep thinking of um, Spike's uh, uh, inside job. Whenever I have to think of like, oh, he can do a really good movie that is just like a really good movie, and that's, that's the like kind a of comparison. Yeah, that, and that's like that's what comes to mind with this. It's like, if he can just make a damn good movie and tell a good story, and yes, it's the same as the original, but nonetheless, it's still like a cool his take on it. There's just like there's a shot I love where I don't even know what's going on. It must have been right after he kicks everyone's ass. But like Roland is taking like a sword out and it's just like standing in this blue elevator with like dead people all around him. It's badass. It's, it's, like that shot alone sold me. And the rest of it is like, OK, yeah, I just hope it's not bad. <laughs> cool. Maxwell. Yeah, I mean, I love the Korean film and I was similarly skeptical but the trailer is at the very least visually interesting. And it certainly doesn't seem like Mr. Spike Lee has, uh, you know, uh, softened it up at all for American audiences. It still seems to, to be, uh, you know, violent and, and 
politically incorrect. So in that regard, I'm interested. Plus, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, I've really enjoyed Josh Brolin's work, and he seems pretty badass here. So I was uh, surprised. Mark? Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not usually a fan of remaking a film, especially one that's recent, r- regardless if it's a foreign language or not. Um, but this one does look a lot of fun. Um, Josh Brolin looks great, like you guys are mentioning. Uh, I just hope they kind of, I guess like I kind of hope they do something different with it than just telling the same story again, you know. But at the same time, I want them to stay true to the original. So it's kind of, I don't know. I'm curious more than anything how this will how this will work out. I can I can say this because Old Boy is one of my favorite movies, just in general. Um, I am intrigued because of everyone that's involved in it. When you have, if it was just like. You know Brett Ratner's old boy. <laughs> I don't really care, but like, Spike Lee is a very interesting choice to be the one that directs the old boy remake. So I mean, that has me right there. I do like Josh Brolin a lot. I like Elizabeth Olsen quite a bit, and I like Charlton Copley. So like all of that, and then you have hey Sam Jackson's here, so why not? But I and he I, and I know that role that he's playing. It's not going to be like he's not into that much, but or at least I'd assume so. But um. Yeah, I'm certainly intrigued by it. The trailer helped in like providing me like you know with a look of what the movie's gonna be like, and that's yeah. that, that you know makes me <clears throat> that puts me on board uh, for now. You know, I'll be curious to see how it turns out. Um, I know this uh, without spoil, and I don't I don't really know what to spoil. I just know this. I know the twist is different in this movie. Ooh, which oh, no. yeah, okay. So there's a, and if everyone that knows the original old boy knows what twist I'm talking about. I'd imagine. Um, so I know that is different. That's what yeah. I've gathered, and yeah, it, is, it does say it's being ba- it's based on the manga more than it is the the actual movie. But you can't help but feel like the movie's been very much referenced based on what you're seeing in this trailer. Well, can you can you answer this question for me? What is the yellow umbrella from? Because there, it looks like that's the counting. He has the years written up, but I'm like, what? Where is this? What is this yellow umbrella? Is it like a prop piece? Is it just, I don't know. I don't. Is it from the manga? I'm more curious what the replacement for dumplings is going to be in this movie. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like, we're like, what are they? When? What is the octopus scene going to be? What is? The... <laughs> <laughs> no, that scene, Spike Lee's like, we got to have that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make him roll and eat some octopus. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, Old Boy, all, it's <laughs> this November, get with your family and watch Old Boy in theaters. November oh my 27. god. This <laughs> is yeah. when Old Boy hits. And it's been moved a couple of times. I think it was October, wasn't it? And then it got moved like just weeks ago, I think. So now it's yeah. end of November. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's a wide release or not, but there you go. Um, that's Old Boy. Um, so with all that being said, I guess it's time to get to our main review for Elysium. In five days time, you will die. Thank you for your service. They can fix it on Elysium, man. Max, I think I can help get you up there. Hey, bring down the boom saw! This ain't gonna kill me. What did you do to me? Gave you a way out. Whoever has this has the power to override their whole system. She's very sick, Max. I need to get her up there. You can save everyone. When can I go? Activate Kruger. Ah! 
So that should have been some of the trailer for Elysium. This is the new film, um, the second full-length feature from writer-director Neil Blomkamp, who gained plenty of acclaim following the release of his sleeper hit District 9 from 2010. In Elysium, Blomkamp has a large, larger sandbox to play in as he's brought in a bigger budget and A-list actors to work with. <clears throat> in this film, it is the year 2154. Earth is now an overpopulated, heavily polluted shantytown, or at least that's the part of it we see. Matt Damon plays Max, a helpful robot that compacts trash into town. Ta- oh, wait, so that's Wally. I bet Matt Damon stars as a robot <laughs> building ex-con who suffers an accident, leaving him with little time to live. His solution is to perform crimes in, a crime in exchange for passage to Elysium, the space station above Earth. That's a place of luxury for the privileged. He faces few challenges, including working with a new exoskeleton that provides him an extra boost in his actions. He also has to worry about a sleeper agent named Kruger, played by Charlotte Copley, who will be hunting Max at every turn. Let's start with Alex Billington. Was Elysium the true paradise of filmdom you were hoping for? <laughs> well, you, you baited me with that question. Uh, um, <laughs> no, uh, surprisingly. Um, uh, you know, it's it's the worst feeling in the world when you're sitting there hoping it was everything you want, and then it just starts falling apart. Like, through, you're like, is this really happening? <laughs> and that that was my experience with Elysium. I, I, I went to see it a second time just to confirm my thoughts, so to say. But there's so many cool moments and there are so many dumb moments. That it just it, it evens them out to be a film that's not amazing but not horrible, but but shouldn't be either. And it shouldn't be stuck in that middle area when there's so many cool pieces to it that just like get bogged down by some really poor writing and some really poor I guess I guess Jody Foster's performance is horrible but then it's, I'm sure that's something we're going to debate endlessly because it's, it's, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out I'm like is it really is, does she know she's this bad because she can't she can't be letting that go so there's these just these pieces of it that I'm like what happened here when you got this right and it's so amazing on the visual side but so poor on the story side um and we'll obviously get into this more but those are my initial thoughts and just it, it wasn't as good as i wanted it to be i still love neil Baumkamp. i think he's a, a, a sci-fi master in terms of the visuals and the world and the way he integrates his cgi and everything happening so seamlessly um and, and his uh social political discussion it's it's relevant but it's this time it was a little too heavy Handed, but um, I don't know. I still like him, and I like his movies, and they're entertaining. But I can't call this anything close to District Nine, aside from the world he came up with. Maxwell. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'll jump in a similar direction. I have to give credit where credits due. The production design and some of the, you know, uh, more overall ideas about this this uh, this dystopian future. I like the multicultural aspect. I think the emphasis on the use of Spanish um, as a you know common language is pretty astute. But other than that, I thought it was pretty much horrible. Uh, the script is just a series of of uh, ideas and thoughts that go nowhere and are not uh, you know fleshed out or, or or thought of in any consistent or engaging manner. And I found a lot of it really kind of loud and obnoxious. Uh, you know, from the performances, like Alex mentioned, what was up with Jodie Foster? I also, forgive me, I don't know the actor's name, but the character of Spider, I thought was just uh, horrible. And yeah. I, I just, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, kind of repelled by this movie, um, which is a shame because, you know, Mr. Blomkamp is very talented and it looks very good, but there's just nothing, nothing there. And, you know, 
if you're going to do a heavy-handed message, sci-fi is the way to do it. But I, you know, this really kind of pushed the the limit into hokeydom for me. I was kind of rolling my eyes, which I feel bad and kind of a jerk about saying, but so it so it goes. Mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys. I think I might have liked it a little more than, than the both of you, maybe. But um, like you guys mentioned, the, the sets were impressive. The special effects were pretty dazzling. And, and the world that they invent around uh, the film, I think, is pretty fantastic. But uh, I think my main problem with it was that it seemed, and maybe this is just nitpicking, but it seemed to be to me that Blomkamp wasn't trusting his audience enough, maybe. Um, there was just so many flashbacks to keep reminding us that, you know, Matt Damon's character is special and he loves Frey and he's promised her since childhood to take her to Elysium one day. Um, you know, it just, it made me feel like, you know, I think sometimes, uh, if a film is smart enough, you don't have to worry about, you know, the audience catching on, you know, in a film like this, you almost want to make one that's for smarter, you know, I, not to sound like a snob, but you, you know, a movie like this, you almost want to make for a smarter audience. If you dumb it down, it's going to basically destroy it. Um, you know, so, you know, all that being said, I, I still enjoyed it. I still thought a lot of fun action sequences. The weapons were really cool, especially that one where uh, if, if it blew up anything within like a five meter radius, uh, radius of the of the target, whatever it was, like, I forget what it was, but that one gun where he shoots and the robot like explodes. Yeah. Um, the yeah. unique space the unique space travel was kind of cool. How the ships could just take off from Earth like a helicopter and then fly through you know like a rocket into space. I thought that was kind of neat uh, the way they showed that and. Uh, I also liked, and I don't want to put a spoiler here, but I like at least, I'll say it this way, I like that it didn't, that it told its full story without worrying about setting up any kind of sequel, which is something that's kind of rare in this uh, age of blockbusters. So, um, But like you guys mentioned, there, you know, uh, Charlotte Copley, the, the character, he's, he's over the top, but he, he does it the right way, whereas that Wagner Mora guy who plays Spider is just, like every scene he was in, I was just cringing. So, um, you know, I'm still excited to see what Blomkamp is going to do next. You know, he's he seems to be pretty bright and ambitious, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what he does next. I'm just not, not blown away by this one. I, I, I've been trying to work on my Wagner more. He's like, Max, you've got to go right now to the Elysium. you got to go. <laughs> I, I can't. That's, I like him. I don't know. There's something about him that makes me. It's like, I like his, his weird international kind of energy that he brings to this movie. Um, Elysium, it's. It's better than Total Recall, but worse than Total Recall. And I mean, the, it's better than the remake, but worse than the original. Um, I, I, it, it almost feels like it's like the second album, where like, where like, where Neil Blomkamp was able to like, he got it all out in the first one, in District Nine. Like, he made it all work. He got his ideas out there. He introduced this new actor, Charlotte Copley, to the world. He had this really cool idea to bring to the screen, which he, you know, kind of made in his did a short short film and he turned to like a full length feature and he got all those ideas out so it's like what do I do now I got all the success and so he made Elysium and it's like well I'll work with what I know so I got this gritty earth again and I got these this cool kind of shanty town setting for earth mixed with this cool sci-fi logic and everything but what do I do with that so he made this script which was only written by him this time I believe District 9 had a co-writer for that I'm not going to try to continue to compare it to District 9 but I mean it just fits so well in this discussion and, you know, he did what he can to make his own, you know, script this time around. And it just – that's the issue with this movie. Like, it's, 
it has so many great ideas in it. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of good things in it. I like it quite a bit. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it about the same as Mark. I would say I liked I liked it enough where I saw it again the other day just because like yeah I want to I want to keep checking I want to check this out on an even bigger screen because why not the visuals are so impressive there's so much great world building here but yeah it doesn't really lead to anything more than just being a straightforward action movie that just happens to have an R rating and an A-list cast like Matt Damon and Jodie Foster to make it suggest that it's something more than it actually is which is just kind of a dumb action movie Um, but that said I think it's a you know a good I think it's uh, an engaging summer action movie to watch. I, as much as the themes are obvious and the dialogue goes from somehow being like somewhat nuanced to terrible halfway through, where, <laughs> where everyone just kind of says exactly what's on their mind instead of more or less hinting at things. Like it's just like, all right, now let's just say what what we're thinking. I'm gonna find your little daughter, and you're not. She's not gonna get healed. Like that's exactly a line of dialogue. I mean, it it goes that route, but I can't say I was. I wasn't having a good time watching it, and even when even if the film is set, you know, in this gritty r-rated world i can't say i didn't have fun watching this movie which is more than i could say about a lot of other summer blockbusters i think it does know how to have fun with itself mainly because neil Baumkamp is a fan of blowing up people into tiny pieces as opposed to <laughs> <laughs> but uh um, yeah yeah, yeah there's some surprisingly violent moments in this it's the kind of thing where you see a guy get blown up and you're like oh yeah that's right district nine had a lot of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah i mean it it has there's my, I think the biggest issue beyond just the script, and yeah, I agree that by the way, Jodie Foster is horrible in this movie, which is surprising. But um, I, I agree that the, or I mean, my biggest thing about this movie is I feel like it's very rushed. Like it seems like, yes. as much as I don't need a movie to like to like you know feel like it needs to have sequels to it, like Mark said, I'm a, I'm a fan of the fact that it's a you know a standalone film that doesn't necessarily have itself set up for like you know a series down the way, but. It feels like there's almost enough material to have like a couple movies in this, like alone. Like it goes, it, you could easily have set up the world in the first movie and give it a I, something going in the second, and then have what how transpires in the third in the third act of the film, like in separate films. But it, I mean, the ticking clock given to Matt Damon obviously negates that possibility. But you you have so much here that it just like it seems like it's in a rush to get to from being a one man struggle movie to a we need to save the world kind of movie, and it's. It's oddly, you know, it, it doesn't quite mesh with what I would, what I was expecting from Elysium at first glance. Yeah, you use the word rush, and that's definitely one that came to my mind. But as opposed to, you know, having multiple movies, I, I kind of just wish it had taken its time a little bit more. You know, a lot of blockbusters are definitely very long these days, but this one almost takes the, the opposite route, not including the credits. It's, you know, just a little over 90 minutes, so there's no room to breathe or... or or make anything count or, or feel fully developed. And that I would I, I understand the ticking clock and trying to achieve a propulsive pace, but I think there's a balance that this never never approaches. Yeah, I that was something that surprised me when I walked when I saw my screening, I saw the runtime, it was like a hundred minutes or whatever. I was like, Oh, that's I thought it was gonna be like two and a half hours. <laughs> it clearly was not that. And it yeah, it there's you get like a idea of the world, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, like I'm, I'm joking about Elysium being a place where you only rest on chaise lounges or have cocktail parties. There's no depth to Elysium whatsoever. You just have it's basically an idea. Like it's all that's all it is. It's just the idea of luxury. That's the, the idea of the privileged living here. But you have no sense of what this what the movie called Elysium. You have no idea what happens on Elysium besides council meetings and cocktail parties. Well, I was thinking about that, but I mean, if they explore that, it's just like the wealth the wealthy people living. Do we really need? 
to see that more like that that was the thought that came through my mind when i was watching it again i'm like oh there's what do these people do on the planet they do nothing they're like at a party anytime there's a shot of elysium they're like at a party in a pool <laughs> grabbing a crab cake off the table just like hanging out i'm like yeah like maybe that is how they live but but uh he he glosses over it so quickly there's almost like uh, there's no desire for me to explore more of it but i understand that like what you guys are saying about how much that there's so much to this world that could be explored further and they don't really get into more of it um, i'm also curious about just like what earth is is all of earth like looking like la shantytown or is like is, is there other yeah they had no other shot of anything else on earth it was interesting yeah especially when there's that great line where he's like we'll hunt you to the edge of the earth for this and i'm like yeah can we see that what's going on there are there are there oceans how are the oceans are there animals <laughs> what about um, another thing that kind of annoys me and it's not just with this film but it's kind of like a trend i guess but um do you guys know it like with the movie gladiator you know that the the dramatic woman singing voice where it's like in another language like language kind of they use it in like Munich as well and and now this I'm, is anybody else just growing tired of any time well this movie it tried to have it both ways it tried to have like, that it drives me nuts it tried to have yeah. that going, and then it also had the Inception blazing going, where so it was like it makes sense too. Where I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I dug the score quite I mean, a bit actually. I like the uh, yeah. what it was going for. I, yeah, I, I certainly I, I certainly hear it, but yeah, it wasn't really a problem for me. Like anything, the ethnic wailing woman is only you know is only it's it's contextual, and I don't think it was used properly here. It was kind of yeah. silly to me. I think Troy is one of the worst defenders of that, by the way. Well, <laughs> Troy is one of the worst defenders of a lot of things, but, you know. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, let's talk about Jodie Foster a little bit. Why is she so, so terrible at this movie? What's happening? I... Look, I think, I think that the, the theory is that, you know, in this future, I used the word, you know, multicultural earlier, is that, you know, ethnicities and cultures have kind of blended and become amorphous. And I think she was trying to go for, like, this woman of the world who doesn't have one set accent and is from many different places. But instead, she just ended up sounding like like a half-French robot woman. Every time she said President Patel, I, it just, like, it seemed like the most aggravating thing to, like, that guy. He was like, <laughs> why do you say it that way? What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't someone tell her to, to change what she's doing? That's I was what like, kept coming through my mind. Yeah, like, did, did, are, are they looking at their dailies? Like, does anyone look at her footage and go, this, this is weird? Like, no like no one on set sat there and thought <laughs> to working. bring it up? It's like, I certainly don't want to make, like, assumptions, but I can't, I mean, maybe, like, Neil yeah. Blomkamp could have been intimidated by Jodie Foster's presence on set. Like, she is a, you know, she's she's an actress. She knows what she's doing. She's also a director and a producer. She's certainly been familiar with the film world for the past, what, 40 years? I mean, maybe she just wanted to do her thing. And <laughs> maybe Blomkamp yeah. would, didn't want to, like, talk her to... I don't know. That's a, that's a huge assumption. But, I mean, well, it's so just, it does seem like such an odd thing for an actress such as Jodie Foster to, you know, not be delivering in the movie that has her second build. Like, it's weird. Some people were just saying that that was just the script and that, she, that, that like that was just her character was that she was just playing a character that was just horrible and had awful lines and that she she did her accenty thing and then it just it just didn't work at all. I don't know. It's that was running through my mind too. Is like how like is she really trying to play this person that is this, you know, running this organization but is slightly corrupt and I don't know. There's just these 
weird. I, just, I could never figure her out because it was how much I was questioning what the heck she was doing. On the other but, side of things, Matt Damon's great in this movie. I think he's <laughs> I think he's really solid in this movie. I, I think he even even though he's you know the one white guy in L.A. that can save everybody. I mean he's he he knows how to. He knows how to be that guy who who fits in these in these types of worlds. He doesn't even it it almost it's almost like he's not trying. Like he he he's he's that good at playing this kind of every man persona, even though he's you know uh, chiseled out with tattoos and a bald head throughout the movie. Like he, I think he's he's really solid at this movie. If, I mean, if Matt Damon wasn't working, I, I'd I'd probably really dislike this movie. But I mean, he he certainly keeps it together for me. Hello. Uh. Before we start, I'd just like to explain... Max Costa, violation of Penal Code 2219. Today, at bus stop 34B. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. You see, I believe there's been a misunderstanding. Immediate extension of parole by a further eight months. Wait, what? No, 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 no. I can explain what happened. I just made a joke. And, uh, you know... Stop talking. Elevation and heart rate detected. Would you like a pill? No. Thank you. What I'd like to do is explain Stop talking. Personality matrix suggests a 78.3% chance of regression to old behavior patterns. Grand Theft Auto. Assault with a deadly weapon. Resisting arrest. Would you like to talk to a human? No, I am okay. Thank you. Are you being sarcastic and or abusive? Negative. Yeah, that's, I'll, that's the thing with... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'll agree with you, but my only, my only thing is that he... At least thinking about it now, that he's not... I, I like his performance, but I wasn't convinced by his action. Like, he, it was almost like he, I didn't believe he would be that much of a badass, even with the droid system on him. But I don't know. Maybe it was just the stunt work. I don't know. <laughs> Mark, really? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, that's one, somebody asked a question earlier on the Did You Know, uh, I think it was Alex, actually, that asked about uh, his least, our least favorite performance or whatever but yeah, Damon, yeah. I, I i'm still trying to think of one because i he's just he's just always pretty solid you know and, and i don't think his performance in this was fantastic but he was you know it was definitely not a glaring problem or anything with jody's or or that uh spider mora guy was worse <laughs> you know so i i thought he did a, did a fine job but yeah yeah he definitely makes the best of what he has to work with which is yeah. not a particularly great character but there, he's just a very engaging actor and yeah. he's the type of guy who can play you know a, you know anything yeah you know a, from badass to you know intellect i mean he's great yeah. he he has a, the, my favorite scene of Matt David in this movie is where like the little girl's telling him the story and he just like he seems like he just has no time for this girl whatsoever <laughs> like every other scene in this movie where he has some kind of problem it just seems like he's either in pain or just kind of working it through but the only scene where he seems like literally uncomfortable to be around somebody is when this little girl's telling him a story about like the 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 what the the meerkat and the in the the elephants or the hippopotamus or so it's like... did you get that it was a metaphor for the movie <laughs> <laughs> see that's what i'm talking yeah. about with the whole the whole blom camp i think the whole uh, you know not trusting the audience or something there i think that was the they dumbed it down too much maybe i don't know it certainly is... maybe yeah. that's what happens when you're given more money which might be you know again that's an assumption but who knows? I'm curious what the process was for like making this. I mean, because he he's clearly you know doing a lot of what he wants. I I don't know if there's was any trouble in the production, but it, like he, he made an R-rated 
hundred million dollar sci-fi movie that came out in the summer. So it's, I mean, he, a lot of things are working in his favor. But yeah, I mean, the, it's just the script isn't certainly isn't as tight this time around. It, it's very, it is very obvious, and it does have. I mean, my main issue was the dialogue. As I started, it just started becoming so like just like wrote like nineties like yeah. action movie dialogue at points where it's like, wow, this is, this is these are the lines we have. <laughs> I I think Kruger said you'll have to get through me like thirty times. Yeah, but, and like Copley, I think is really good in this movie. I think he's over the top in all the right ways, and I, I I do agree that he has a share of like the clunky dialogue, but he like sells it so well because I mean slightly because he has just the great he has that great accent that kind of yeah. accentuates the things that he's trying to say. But just because he has this this wild manic energy where he's this villain that you really love to hate in this movie, and I think he 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 makes it work better than it could. Just like I think Matt Damon holds the movie better than it would if it was you know someone lesser. It it's. It's it's a tough call, I guess, and like, I mean, also people just outright dislike the movie. But I mean, it's it's interesting that that the movie still works for me despite the fact that it has such glaring issues in it. Yeah, but that that's that's I feel like that's a testament to Blomkamp and what he's coming up with, and then and then the question of like how did he how did he let these go like these mistakes come through this time? Because <laughs> that that that's that's it keeps going through my mind is like how did he get all of this right, but then screw up so many other points. Maybe he just needs another writer to polish his scripts once he's done with yeah, the first draft. He needs like a back and forth, I guess. That's the Yeah. Like was... and he, I thought his co-writer on District 9 was his wife or some, like his significant other and that she went off, like did another script on her own and then they're now working on a movie together again. And I, that was like the kind of thought that went through my mind. Like, why didn't he... Pass it to her a couple times, or at least she wasn't credited for it. I mean, she could help. Right, right, right. No, but I mean, but I mean, if if she was credited on District Nine, then why not? Like, what was why? Why did unless she had another gig? But why not? Why did why didn't they choose to pass this off to someone else, or were they just like, all right, the script is good enough. Let's just start. Let's just get it in production. You know, we've got we got to get moving on this. It's hard to tell, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, because I can't. I don't think any of us are going to deny that the world, the like the the visuals are outstanding in this movie. Like they just, it looks. It's a fantastic looking yeah. movie. There's such a great. You have scenes of like spaceships where they just like land and people get out of them with hardly a cut. There, like it just, it it looks just like that. We have this now. That's what it looks like in this movie. It's not. It's like if you took someone from like the 20s and like they watch this movie, it's like, oh, we have spaceships now. Like that's what they. That's the impression that they get. Like that's. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is. The, I think Neil's greatest. Ability is to make the world and everything we're seeing so seamless. Like someone on Twitter made this great statement that was like, he's using the technology we have today to enhance, not to make the technology the movie. If that makes sense. Yeah, like not the CG sense. isn't the movie, but it's there to enhance the story he wants to tell. Which is what I think he's the he's probably the best at in terms of modern sci-fi, next to like Cameron maybe in the way he integrates everything and in it. We don't have to think about like, oh, the ship is the selling point. Like, oh, the ships are just there, and I want to ride in all of them, and I want a miniature model <laughs> of all of them. But they're like, you know, they're just pieces. They're almost not part of the story anymore, even though they're. Yeah, I think that's where he's, he's best at yeah. coming up with stuff. What do we think of the action in this movie, in terms of how it was filmed? <sighs> I was, was unimpressed fun. for mo- most huh? part. Really. <laughs> Don't say no on my behalf. Stick to your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, you know, the the key scene, well, there's a couple of major fights, but the one that um, 
I enjoy the most is the one in the like dust when they're hijacking Fickner's right. brain. Yeah. 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 yeah and sure. um, when I watched it a second time. My thought was like, I'm like, this is one of those almost like cheap indie fights where they're like, all right, let's go to a nowhere zone in the middle of Mexico, like a giant <laughs> desert field, and just shoot all of this like 30 minute action scene right there. They don't go anywhere. It all takes place around like three vehicles, and it's this like mad. That's a thirty-minute scene, which visually kicks ass. But that was the thought that went through my mind: like, this is this is a this is a very contained little indie scene, but done well. But I'm I'm worried that people were picking up on too much of the like, oh, this is just a couple of like he he kills the first droid in like five minutes, and then the other one that's like he beats up in two minutes. Yeah. I I mean um, I enjoy I enjoyed the action, and I think I'm, I'm curious as to how many people are gonna pick up on. Like the 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 tight editing and like how it was filmed, but I it felt it felt like it worked to me. Like it felt like someone was doing uh, quotations the the Paul Greengrass style to like good effect. So like I think it has, despite it to be you know the way it's edited together, the way it's very you know right in the moment with you. I think it works in this film, and I couldn't say I had a problem following it even on the IMAX screen that I saw it on the second time around. I mean it it's certainly right up in your face about it, but I. I enjoyed what was going on. I enjoyed seeing like the weapons and act. Like when Charles Ogopi pulls out a plasma shield, I was geeking out, dude. Like everything, yeah. everything you see in this movie, it's like Neil Blomkamp continuing to show you that he did want to do the Halo movie and was pulled off of that. Like it, there's all of that is like in this movie and in District Nine in terms of the action. But I mean, <laughs> you have these cool weapons, you have these like fights, and you even have like what would you call it? Like the he uses his camera at some point where it's it's not really bullet time, but you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's kind of it was like like kind of like swirling around like faster than you normally see. Yeah, it almost felt kind of um, it's... cartoonish, but not because it didn't look cartoonish, but it felt like something you might see in like anime. Yeah, it was because like, there's like two specific times where I can think of where that happens, and I'm like, that's a neat effect. I haven't seen that before. <laughs> like... Yeah, I I think my main issue with the action goes back to my issue of things being rushed and that is they I never they never took the time to kind of explain the capabilities of his exoskeleton suit or what these various weapons that Kruger kept pulling out were and like as cool as they were to see like I think there's a balance between yeah this makes him invincible and super fast and like oh here's what he's actually capable of like it kind of doesn't have its own consistent fight logic I'd be curious if there's like deleted scenes or like a longer cut of this movie that kind of go into things more because like the exoskeleton does seem like it factors in prominently in you know your lead up to seeing this movie but when you get it on it's just like yeah this is that thing you wear like that's not really yeah. <laughs> it's not really much else to yeah. it besides like yeah you're you're you know you're harder better stronger faster uh, that's oh. about that's all there is uh, Kruger has yeah. one also and it's like I guess bigger or like batter or something and not as painful to attach. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> got that on right away. And it has headlights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm looking. I've been staring at Matt Damon's like filmography for the past five minutes, and I really can't find like a bad movie for, or bad performance. Like, uh, maybe, maybe uh, what's it? The Brothers Grimm. Maybe that's it. That's the only thing. Can really... Brothers Grimm. What about Stuck on You? Man, there's some bad movies. <laughs> in I didn't. I, I meant performances, not. I, not I meant performances, not movies. But I like Stuck on You. <laughs> Stuck on You has a weird sincerity that I enjoy. Um, it comes on TBS. I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, any... like the epitome of, the, of a TBS movie. Yeah, it is. Um, any... <laughs> Remember that Greg Kinnear, Matt David conjoined twin joint that happened? 
<laughs> Any other thoughts on Elysium before we wrap up with our uh, great Alice Braga's in this movie? Sci-fi actress Alice Braga's in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's an actress you need for your sci-fi movie, whether it be I Am Legend or Repo Men, you, you can bring in Alice Braga. She'll probably be there to be the girl that you know isn't quite attainable but seems to be in trouble a lot. And I think she's the only this, the only woman in LA in 2154. <laughs> I didn't see a single other female. Yeah, there's one white guy, there's one woman, and everyone else is is probably. Oh, and and the nun. <laughs> Excuse me. Nuns are androgynous. It doesn't count. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nuns are wild. That's what it's. <laughs> and that was like 20 years ago or something, right? So, I mean, they, they got they got rid of those in the time. So, yeah, that was all I had about Alice Raga. She gets in trouble. So, save her daughter. <laughs> that's all there is to say about her. Yeah, like, okay. She gets in trouble. Isn't... That's kind of an epitome of what the problem with the plot is. It's like, yep, it's yeah. this movie. <laughs> like, um, all right. I think uh, we've, we've sufficiently talked about Elysium. And um, so let's get to our rating. Each week and out now, there and today, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or forget about it. On that scale, how do we start? Alex, where would you put Elysium? Uh, I hate to say this, but dollar theater. I mean, normally I would say, like, IMAX, you got to go right away. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? If you're not in the mood to see it, you're not, you're not going to be missing too much. But it is a cool world, so I do suggest seeing it in theater. Next one? Uh, forget about it. Okay. Mark? Yeah, I, I'd probably say Dollar Theater because I think you, you do need to see it on the – if you're going to see it, you need to see it on the big screen. I go as not shy. I'd say theater. I, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Good sound system and screen. You can see it in theater. Not in 3D, by the way. 2D. 2D movie. Uh, <laughs> good made me so happy when I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put on glasses or anything. Thank goodness. Good, good for you, Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> you fought yeah. for that one. Um, all right. Let's yeah, see. but you know they're not going to be sitting there being like, "Where's the thirty million more we could have made from 3D?" <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what John Tristar and Mark Sony sit, sit in the office doing all day. Um, that's their names. Um, <laughs> still, a little movie callback, callback, callback. This is where we talk about a couple movies that relate in some way to the main feature of the week. And I'll start with Mark this time. Mark, did any movie, other movies come to mind while watching Elysium? Um. Not not immediately, other than District Nine. But then after you know thinking about it, maybe um, a couple, uh, and these might be way off. But uh, RoboCop, for a little bit, I guess maybe with the whole improved man via suit, um, the Matrix maybe just because of you know the information uploaded to him and and whatnot. But the one that maybe the most was uh, there's an old old Jack Nicholson movie called The Border. I don't know if you guys have seen that. That's a reference. Uh, and you know, he plays like a border agent who has to help a woman and her baby out and things uh, yeah just kind of remind me of that a little bit i'm adding the border and stuck on you into the show notes <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, maxwell uh i mean district nine and wally were both already mentioned um certain elements of it uh, reminded me of inception um i was also reminded of aliens a little bit and maybe Starship Troopers. Cool. Alex? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I would just say anything sci-fi. <laughs> Besides just <laughs> Chicago, but No, because they kept coming to my... Like, I kept thinking, uh, is there a movie I've seen recently where there's another space station that people are going to? Or there's another one coming up where people are going to and from a space station? Or some other, like, you know, uh, wealthy versus non-wealthy thing? I mean, it just... After Oblivion... 
which I'm sure you guys talked about, and that the fact that that like blatantly referenced about a hundred different sci-fi movies. That's all that comes to mind now. Like everything I see is like, oh well, this just referenced a hundred other sci-fi movies. He took a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah District Nine, obviously for me. Uh, Total Recall, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Halo, Iron Man, uh, Johnny Mnemonic came to mind. Keanu Reeves' classic <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic uh, with Dolph Lundgren and the Dolphin co-starring. Uh, <laughs> that's a movie <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I'll do a. Someone this. Go. This reminded me. Someone someone made a criticism of Elysium, calling it a ripoff of. Unless I'm, unless I'm thinking of a different movie here, but a ripoff of the first Iron Man, um, and I was like, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh well, maybe you're thinking. Unless I'm getting confused here, but then I was like, well, he's building his suit, and then he goes and kicks ass. But I don't know. Maybe I'm getting lost in my it's own pretty, mind. It's pretty. It's pretty loose. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah I, know, he, I know. He has something that makes him stronger. So does this person. Like, yeah. That's the extent of the comparison I see. Yeah. I mean, Charles Oakley didn't have to work on the icing problem, so I mean, right, right. The icing problem. Uh, <laughs> let's uh nope, okay let's do this word from our sponsors today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash podcast there are over 100,000 titles you can choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 device for you listeners of out now there and today audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service this week you i have a recommendation you can you can read starship you can listen to starship troopers by robert heinlein Join the army and see the universe. That is the motto of the Third Space War, also known as the First Interstellar War, but most commonly known as the Bug War, in one of Robert Heinlein's most controversial bestsellers. A recruit from the future goes through the toughest boot camp in the universe and into battle with the terrain mobile infantry against mankind's most alarming enemy. If you've seen the movie, you can read, you can listen to the book by Robert Heinlein. It's, it's a good one. <laughs> it's, uh, and yeah, you can download that for free or any other title you find at audibletrial.com. So shout out podcast. Um, you can start an account, download a book, cancel that account, and keep the book. And we get credit for it. That's awesome for us and you. I mean, who loses? So there you go. That's the word from our sponsor. Let's get to box office. Each week and out now, we go over the totals for the box office of the week and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what happened. Last week on the show, A predicted Alicia would get second place. It's $26 million. Mark Hoban said second place with $30 million. Marcus said first with $42. I said... I said... Or no, we got more. John said second place of twenty-one million, and I said second place with twenty-six million and one dollar, to slightly outshine Abe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were all kind of. Well, I guess I'm kind of the winner because I'm lowest. But um, Elysium, his, no, because I'm second place though. Uh, Elysium was first place of thirty million this week, thirty point four for now. Um, so yeah, decent, decent opening. Not quite as strong as as District Nine's, which was like thirty-seven million back in. 210. Yeah, I was wondering what the, the District 9 opening was. Yeah, it was like, 30, yeah, it's like 37 million. I'm surprised that, that District 9's was more. Uh, just because, you know, the star power of Matt Damon and Jodie Foster and that people who saw District 9 were probably Jones in to see Elysium, you know, so that's surprising. I noticed that there was this huge last minute, like, once everyone started saying it wasn't that great, I saw a lot of people uh, who'd be like, I've changed my mind, I'm not going to go see it in theaters anymore. Okay. Which sucks. 
but it's like I, I and I felt kind of half responsible for it because I'm with everyone out there being like it's the letdown and then, you know I but not in a way where I'm like don't go see it I'm just like it's not District Nine but uh, you know that kind of hearing that changes people's minds yeah I do have to say District Nine had a pretty brilliant marketing campaign yeah, yeah. I'd agree I think there's which more I of think more. which I think piqued the interest of a lot of just the average moviegoer. Agreed. I think there's something there was something much more intriguing initially about it, District Nine and the way it was being presented as opposed to Elysium, where it's like, okay, Matt Damon's bald and has like shoots people, I guess. That's probably like boring. I'll go see that baby. Like that's the <laughs> um, But yeah, Elysium first it's still first place thirty million, you know, depending on word of mouth, it could still be I I'd rather see this movie make money leading to other, you know, original sci fi movies <laughs> than uh, you know, Resident Evil Six or something. Um, Let's see. Second place, We Are the Millers. A strong second place for We Are the Millers. Twenty-six million after on a Wednesday after a Wednesday release, giving it like almost forty million total. Uh, planes, third place. Disney's Planes, guys. Twenty-two million, just to get you ready for Planes Two. Still playing in next summer, um, which I believe was announced at D twenty-three, right? Like Fire and Rescue or something. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, fourth place, Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. Awesome. It's it's a movie I saw and I wrote about it. That's for sure. It, um, I like those books. <laughs> you, you like those books? I am a fan of those books. That's good to know. I I know nobody that I never knew about this character until that first movie came out. So I was like, I, I figure someone's out there that likes these books. But, uh, that would be me. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I had some fun in it. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm going to see it after we're done recording. Awesome. Go check out <laughs> the perks of being a Jackson. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think that's all I for. Like that yeah, thank you for uh, new release. I mean, unless you want to count Amanda Seyfried's Lovelace, which hit like one screen this weekend <laughs> and made like a couple hundred thousand dollars. So there you go. Oh, in a world, I haven't seen that movie yet with Lake Bell her directing debut. Yeah, that's... Prince Avalanche too. Prince Avalanche. Oh, it's not even on the. It's not even. Like, on the... And that was like a one theater thing too. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> at some point, yeah, these little movies that we're talking about. Um, so yeah, there you go. Let's um. Let's see. What should we do? Let's let's make Mark Johnson happy, who refused to come on the show unless we do games. <laughs> let's let's do let's do a little, little bit of games. All right. <laughs> Music to my ears. It's of course the improv theme for games, and because William Fichtner is in this movie, and Abe and I know that William Fichtner is a friend of our show, we like to have the William Fichtner game every now and again. That's how we started this podcast. We stopped doing it for a while, but it's back, guys. The William Fichtner game is here. Um, I've tried to make the hardest game possible by William Fichtner. You know, close your close your browsers if you have William Fichtner up right now, because I have I have a list of his roles that don't have an actual name for him, but just like like he's this person in this movie. So I want you to see if you can guess the movie based on the name of his role in that movie. Uh-huh. So here awesome. we go. Awesome. Here's here's the first one, The Accountant. Accountant is this not Dark Knight? The The Accountant. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we've been playing games differently now. If you know the answer or you have an answer, just you have to shout your name first and then say the answer. Oh, okay. To keep it less confusing. So I have no idea. The Accountant. I'll say this is a more recent movie. Yeah, this is. I mean, it sounds like The Dark Knight, right? <laughs> Unless I could be wrong. It's. It I don't is, know. It's not right. Okay, I'll get that point then. It is Drive Angry 3D. Oh, see, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I've, never, I've never even heard of that movie. <laughs> he's a, he's amazing. He's, he's absolutely amazing in that movie, but I never would have thought he would be called the accountant. The accountant. I would argue. That's his oh, character name. Yeah, the accountant. I'm saying these are all. These are all. These are all the. 
I, I thought you were like describing them. No, I'm not. I'm not describing. This is how he's credited in all of these movies that I'm, I'm going to say right now. <laughs> so this one might be a little easier. Here's the next one. Bank manager. Dark. Yeah, that's Dark Knight. I think we all got that one. Yeah, okay. Okay, here's the next one. <laughs> these get that. Those are the easy ones, I would say. <laughs> Here we go. Danny's... You, want, you want us to say our names, right? Yeah, say your name first at the answer. Okay. okay. It's like our thing on. Yeah. Danny's father. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think of your William Fickner roles. Danny's oh father. I'll say this is a, it's a Bruckheimer production. I'll give you that hint. Oh. I have no idea. Is it... <laughs> um, Alex is dying? I don't know. It's not no. I can wait to guess. Go for it. My guess, and this is Maxwell, would be Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor is the correct answer. You're on the board. Uh, <laughs> He's in Pearl Harbor? <laughs> He's Daddy's father. I was going to say Armageddon. He's at the very beginning. He's like he's at the, he's at the very beginning where they're like really young. I've seen this. I hate Pearl Harbor by the way. But I've seen this movie like once, but I remember William Victor's at the beginning, and he's like the he's like the dad of Danny. He's like, well, you never want to go to war. He was like in World War One or something. Here's the next one. These do not get easier. I've not emphasized this enough. Jesus. Here we go. Law. What? L A W Law. He plays Law. law. He plays Law. I have no idea. I have no clue. I'll say this is a movie uh, from the mid-90s um, directed by Kevin Spacey. That's a huge hint, I'd say. <laughs> I have no idea. You're stumping me today. You should have done my, my William Fickner research. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. This is... I have no idea. Okay. The answer is albino alligator. I don't know what that is. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember up by an alligator. I never would have. I didn't know Spacey directed that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Wow. <laughs> These do not get easier. <laughs> oh, good. Stage <laughs> manager. What man? Stage manager. Oh, for God's sake. Stage I'll say this is 1994. I'm trying to think if there's a. And it stars John Turturro. Oh. Well, quiz show. Quiz show is the correct answer. Oh, nice. Good job. Okay, here's the last one. This one's this one is from a director we've mentioned today on this podcast. Cop at Harlem Station. We mentioned earlier. Cop at Harlem. Cop at Harlem Station. What a great career this guy has had, man. We mentioned Spike Lee, Malcolm X. Yeah, I feel like it's a Spike Lee movie. Mark Wade. Yeah. Malcolm X. Malcolm Harlem. X is the correct answer. Oh, you're kidding me. Nice. <laughs> All right. Shots. Well, Maxwell just barely squeaked by me in winning this game. So there you go. Nice. Maxwell, you're the winner of this week's. I'm not proud of that. That was tough. Man. <laughs> I made the toughest tough. game possible. I'm proud of this yeah. game. Because I, I noticed it, I saw accountant, and then I saw bank manager like in a row, and I'm like, I wonder how many other roles like this he has, and I construct the <laughs> whole game out of it. So there you go. I have now won the William Fickner game and the Luis Guzman game on the Out Now podcast. <laughs> there you I'm go. very, very happy about this. I'm going to send you some merit badges in the mail. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, that's, my, that's, my, that's my first loss on the, on the Out Now podcast. Well, you never played me before, so it's awesome. <laughs>
Awesome. I, I will. I will. I require a rematch of the winter date. Thank you. Name the date and time, and I'm there. <laughs> you know, I jumped right over this. Let's do a little out now feedback. Feedback. This is where um, uh, I put up a bunch of questions on Facebook every week, and have our listeners answer, put some responses, and so I'm going to kind of read some of those now here. And um, you know, if you guys have any answers, feel free to you know jump in too. But here, first one. What movie do you think provides the lead with the best accessory to kick ass with? And let's see. Jose has the mask. Joe put Fight Club. Nothing like a psychotic split personality to let you really go and kick ass. Graham has Aliens. Ripley plus Power Loader plus Witty. Get away from her, you bitch. Nice. Jason Ritter has Nick Angel at the end of Hot Fuzz. I guess just everything he has in that movie. Philip put Iron Man's Suit. Matthew Marks put the tuxedo in Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. Matthew, <laughs> the automatic loser of this game. Um, let's see. Uh, next question I have. Here. Oh, no. Uh, actually, last one. Jim Deeds put Ash, chainsaw arm plus boomstick, drops Mike. So he was quite happy with that response. And I am too. It's a good answer. Let's see. Favorite movie about a person's mind literally being an important plot device or story device. Um, Callum has, not to sound like a broken record, but Memento, mainly because we have other people putting Memento. Um, Kevin Taft has Mr. Nobody. There's a, there's a random one. Uh, Patrick Butler put Being John Malkovich. Ryan has Phenomenon. Maxwell, you jumped in. You put Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind. It's a good answer. Uh, let's see. Ryan has Goodwill Hunting. Izzy put Limitless. Philip put I Change... Oh, he has uh, a couple answers. Sling Blade. Uh, biscuits and Mustard. Uh, <laughs> See, also put Beautiful Mind, and he had Memento. Dennis put Source Code and Memento. And Joe Jans put The Lawnmower Man. Gotta love those state-of-the-art computer graphics. The Lawnmower Man. I mean, the correct answer was Johnny Mnemonic, but, I mean, that's, you know, besides the point. Um, let's see, next, last question. Human-sized robots that could be used for, that should be used for what? Jeanette put Delivering Cakes. Scott put Chores. Mike has landscaping, and Philip put going to work and doing my job for me while I stay home and watch movies. Wouldn't we all like that job? I would put I would put robbing thievery. That's a, that's a reference to a, a recent sci-fi film. If you know it, I I, I would put like Swedish massages. <laughs> Here you go. For free because those fuckers are expensive. <laughs> Alex, what are you referencing? I can't think of anything. Uh, Robot and Frank. Ah, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. What a good movie. Yeah, I like it. That, little... is, that is a good movie. And that's going to bring us to the discussion I wanted to have. I wanted to talk about some kind of kind of recent sci-fi movies. I was thinking of uh, maybe like what are, what are some of our favorite sci-fi movies from the past few years and uh, whatnot. Um and uh, yeah, how about Alex? I know you wrote a you wrote a pretty lengthy article a couple months back, I think, actually about mm-hmm. about sci-fi. Yeah, any uh, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Favorite, yeah. Uh, no. favorite sci-fi movies in the recent past? Well, what do you? How recent do you want to go? I mean, I can like, start five, like past like five years. Well, does Children of Men fall into that? That's like just That's barely out of the. That squeaks out. Okay, well, I'll go. I'll give you two thousand six. Okay, <laughs> two thousand six. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, I mean, I have to mention because it came out this year, and I totally love it. Europa Report. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's it's uh, it's what Prometheus failed at in terms of the scientist realism of space travel, and then it's everything that Apollo, what was it, eighteen, nineteen, or whatever, Apollo, Apollo whatever that one movie was. Future yeah, Apollo eighteen. Yeah, like a found footage. What could they find? You know, it, it, you know that movie sucked. It was like 
both of those, the crappy parts of both of those done really well and done perfectly. And it's awesome. It's really just, it's a hell of a sci-fi movie. If you could even call it sci-fi because it's so real, but yeah. <laughs> Charlotte Copley's in that one too, right? Yeah, he is. He is. Is he playing Completely American? different. Is he playing American? He's... Uh, maybe? I don't know what nationality he is. He, he plays very... like He's like a very... Um, I mean, he's a crazy guy, but he's kind of very level-headed. Like, he's not... He's the complete opposite of his Elysium character. Um, and I think he has an American accent. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, looking forward to that. I think it's on demand, too. I'm going to check that out when I can. Um, but I don't know. Other other stuff, I mean, I love District 9, obviously. And... Looper, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Attack the Block is a great film. There's been a lot of like really good, just original sci-fi in the last couple of years. And, it, and, I, and as we sort of talked about earlier, it all comes down to the director and sort of what they can put together and how they can pull it off. And like Ryan Johnson with Looper, I mean, I, I've been, I was waiting for him to do sci-fi and I think he made an incredible sci-fi. Mark, any uh, favorite sci-fi movies coming to mind? Yeah, Looper was probably the first one that came to mind. That's one of my favorite of the last decade or so. But uh, uh, a couple more, maybe Inception, uh, if we would we call that sci-fi, I guess, right? Yeah. 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 You don't not it's dive the, into somebody's mind. <laughs> right. It's it's not space, but it's <laughs> yeah. So Inception, uh, Melancholia, maybe. Ooh, uh, yeah. Oh, Melancholia. Great choice. Um, Cloud Atlas, those three probably. Maxwell? Um, okay, I, I mean, I was going to name a bunch of the ones already discussed, so a few I would add that haven't been mentioned. Um, I would mention uh, Moon with Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah, that's great. Which is very okay. good. Yeah. Um, it's a little, little outside of the five-year window, but I am a huge fan of Wally. And then the other one I would mention, the sci-fi aspect of it is very uh, minimal, but it's there enough that I want to mention Never Let Me Go. That's one on my list. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. cool. Which I love. I, th- I think it's a beautiful film. Yeah, that's one I... of the... What? what? No, I was just going to say that that's one of... Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who's playing Spider-Man now. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. Andrew Garfield's screaming performance. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he has that interesting moment. <laughs> I, li- I, li- I, li- I mean, I like that movie overall, but yeah, like I when, I, when I see the trailer, I was like, okay, he's just he's screaming a lot here. <laughs> like, yeah. I love him in that movie. Yeah. I, they're also like, who's, um, was it Carrie Mulligan and um, Knightley? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I had that on the and, list just because like, that's such a subtle sci-fi movie, but it is, you know, yeah. it's in the future and it does involve harvesting <laughs> but yeah. uh it's a neat one it's like it's the it's the it's the polar opposite of the island which deals with similar things <laughs> i did like the island no michael bay is the devil <laughs> i know there's a lot of people that like want to shout out the island as like one of his best movies i i, I don't like Jesus. that movie very much no, like, I, terrible even in like the first half i'm like yeah all right there we go Maybe it would have been better if you know the trailer didn't say there is no island. But I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. Did anybody uh, did anybody mention Avatar? I was going to. I was going to mention. Okay. That. I have a, I have a whole list of the head. I have a whole list of the most like popular ones on IMDb yeah. right now, just to kind of narrow yeah. it down. So we have like Looper, Children of Men, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I yeah, love that's a good one. That's yeah. a good. Yeah, that's a solid movie. I would, even though uh, every time I watch it, the James Franco parts kind of get worse in my mind. <laughs> like, there's so much great work from Weta and um, 
and uh, Andy Serkis in that. It just, yeah. like, and John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah, John. Lithgow. Yeah. I mean, he plays exactly the, exactly the point, the role that's like supposed to get you worked up emotionally. But it's like, yeah, he does a damn good job. It's like, whatever. You can't play piano anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, you can, but I could have before. Let's just do a whole Simpsons musical right now. Um, but uh, let's see what else. Yeah, Inception, Dread, uh, John Carter. That's good. Yeah, Dread's solid. John Carter. You know, oh, I, I like John I like Carter it. quite a bit. Me too. I'd see more John like, Carter's. Um, yeah. Uh, Super 8. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's, it hasn't it hasn't lasted with me as much as I thought it would. Yeah. Um, I, that was the that was the movie that I, I had way too high of expectations for it. I did too. I don't really yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Which is why, but I mean, it's, there's so much good in that. Like, it's certainly, it's certainly a good, I think we all agree it's a good movie. It's just, yeah. it's like, yeah. hey, also, the third act is just alien. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, District 9, obviously, uh, Moon was one, Moon's one of mine. Moon's, like, yeah. in, terms, in terms of my choices, I have like, I have Moon, and then uh, District 9, and then Looper. Those are mine that, like, that I had as like three favorite sci-fi yeah. movies. But uh, yeah, Moon, I love Moon. Moon, Sam Rockwell just destroying, destroying it. And Kevin, Kevin Spacey too. Kevin Spacey gives a good robot performance in Moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, Avatar seems like a yeah. That seems like an obvious one, but yeah, Avatar. I mean, that's that that movie yeah. is cha- well, essentially, you know, has changed things for you know years to come in other movies. Yeah. I think it's a little notable. I, mean, um, I, I don't know if I'm curious about Avatar four, but Avatar two, I am curious about. I'm curious to see where that's going. <laughs> Sure. You will be curious about Avatar four. I mean, it's, done with Avatar two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not like I'm saying, man, I don't know if I want to see that next James Cameron movie. Like, that's not a thought that goes through my yeah. mind. <laughs> like, all right, all right. I'm still waiting for True Lies two. Still true. Still lying. Um. <laughs> it becomes it becomes tricky it, when you talk about sci-fi because, like, all these superhero movies are technically sci-fi also, but yeah. And I was trying to avoid that. I was even hesitant on. Yeah, right. I mean, I was. I was hesitant on uh, saying know, Dread I, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but I mean, because they're because like, Star Trek, I, even you know, I wouldn't Star Trek mention too. that, either, but it's yeah. very clearly sci-fi. I guess it's like it's trying to get like to find the middle between that kind of pop sci-fi and like original sci-fi, that like, like what fits. Like District Nine seems like a good example of their Moon or Looper, or, or I mean, it, I think I, the, yeah, the easiest way to differentiate is like original concepts and concepts yeah, for sure, concepts based on. Previously existing stuff. So like the next few are like none of that because I have a Scanner Darkly. That's one that came up. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. That's good, but it, you know it's Philip Phil K. Dick in general. So um, let's see, V for Vendetta, but that's you know graphic novel, but that is. Hmm. And uh, although that's heavier focus on like themes and things, and yeah, things, like that's science fair. fiction, but uh, and then you know Prometheus, but that's that's just well, like, yeah. alien. And Oblivion is very obvious, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's never, it's all of these movies I've listed already. Um, moon, uh, <laughs> and then Pacific Rim. I mean, uh, yeah, Pacific Rim I'm like the good. only I'm the only person not a fan of that movie. I think you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not the only person, but I mean, uh, God, it was no, but so I'll, I'll agree with you in that I only will watch it for the fights, but I hate the script like more oh, so than terrible. Elysium. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I, there's a certain there's sure. a level of fun I had that makes it more, more positive in my opinion than Elysium though. Yeah. I just had so much fun watching that movie. Oh. It's, it's, it's not even a comparison for me. I... Uh. <laughs> and the Pacific Rim is that much better than Elysium? Pacific, oh yeah, I think it's just much more enjoyable and actually as characters, even though they're archetypes that I cared about and had personalities. Right. 
don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a great script, but I think it, it works in, in for what it is. It has more personality. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it. Yeah, and it has a lot of love put into it, which I didn't feel in Elysium. I watched it. I watched it again the other day, and um, something that stuck out to me this time is that Cliff Curtis is just like awesome in this movie. Like he just he, he rocks his bow tie, he wears suspenders, he's just like hanging out at the control panel with his greased back hair. It's like Chris, Cliff Curtis just having a good time. He came to play. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, it's Cliff Curtis. What did I? Clifton Collins Jr. Sorry, my bad. There you go. Oh, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. I get him. The names mixed he's up. fun in every movie he does, though. Yeah, yeah. You look at any role he's in, it. like even he was was he in um... Crank Two, High Voltage. Yeah, he <laughs> just he just has fun every time he does. There was a second Crank I think, movie. I think my favorite. Damn right, there was a second Crank movie. <laughs> yeah. Mark Johnson. Come, Come on, you haven't seen the first Crank movie? <laughs> I, I try to only see things that I don't think are gonna suck terribly. So no, I didn't see the first. Frank is amazing. <laughs> I can't. I can't. What? Frank <laughs> too. I believe. <laughs> um, I mean, um, come on. What about? <laughs> what about upcoming sci-fi? Any uh, upcoming sci-fi movies that you're looking forward to? Oh my god. Yeah, there's yeah. so many. I think let's let's, let's <laughs> just make this the the gravity yeah, <laughs> the gravity please, dedication yeah. segment of the show. Uh, I. I I can't even talk about gravity without like sweating. I need to see that today. Like, oh my god, that looks amazing. Yeah. That was in, like Alex and I were both at Comic Con. We were both like, we watched that footage. Was like, we need to see this movie yesterday. Like that movie looks yeah. like so good. Uh, my friend who I was sitting next to, he was like, I'm exhausted after he saw the footage for Gravity. Just like, yeah. how... and like you're seeing clips of it. You're seeing clips of it now in the newest trailers. But I mean, it's just like these these long takes of just space chaos happening. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's intense. There's a lot of upcoming sci-fi I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, the Wachowskis, Jupiter Ascending should be interesting. Nolan's Transcendence, yeah, yeah. Uh, his cinematographer's Interstellar. And then I'm also super, super, as a Disney geek, excited for Tomorrowland, whatever that may end up being. Yeah, yeah. What about, uh, are we going to consider The Secret Life of Walter Mitty sci-fi in a way? I mean, it's, doesn't he... What is that? Fantasy? That's more? just like drama, yeah. yeah. Fantasy, fantasy I don't yeah. drama. Sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be more in the like, being, like, being John Malkovich realm of sci-fi. Yeah, 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 right, right. Her could even be considered sci-fi a little bit yeah. if you want to go there. What? What would be sorry? Her. Her. Oh, her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I'm curious if you guys are excited for this, but I'm excited because I love the book. But I really want to see Ender's Game. I, I do hope too. It's as yeah. good as the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited I like for this it, yeah. game. I, I, I like I like hearing Harrison Ford to lead by trailers off. Like, the aliens are coming. Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. crush, I'm crushing these impressions today. By the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're a regular old Bill hater. <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm probably more excited than most, but I'm looking forward to um, the next Hobbit movie just to see. Oh yeah. How it picks up and, and uh, Hobbit Two still kicking it. Yeah, still kicking it. Yeah, that's the destination of Smoog. Right. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I imagine. I'll, I'll yeah, read the, you know the same group for that podcast. I'd imagine for the Hobbit. Yeah, cool. It's yeah. only a couple weeks away, but I can't wait to see the World's End, which I think is a little. Oh sick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah, definitely. That looks awesome. Some of us yeah. have that one notched off, and yeah. I hear you. <laughs> it's a movie worth seeing. That's for sure. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. Um. 
I was going to mention, uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, if you remember this, I feel like it completely got completely forgotten about after Comic-Con, but um, uh, the Tom Cruise movie, Escape from Tomorrow or whatever it's called oh, now. Edge of, Edge of Tomorrow, formerly. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was, um, what was it before? All You Need is Kill. All You Need is Kill. Yeah. yeah. The Tom Cruise's Groundhog's Day sci-fi movie, yeah. Yeah, it looks cool, but... I remember, I remember, like, thinking about the footage when we saw it, and we were all like, yeah, it looks cool, it's fun. And then, like, two days later, I couldn't, it wasn't even referenced by anyone at any point. <laughs> I think because everything was... And like, I was like, what happened to that movie? Everything was overshadowed by Chris Hardwick and Tom Cruise singing Rock of Ages to each other on stage. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But no, yeah. Oh, I, you I, guys are so cool that you're at Comic-Con. <laughs> Just keep talking about it, please. <laughs> I, hey, they yeah. showed us cool stuff. I, the, um, yeah, no, the, um, the footage for that, I mean, it was... I, I like Doug Lyman as a director, so I was yeah. I'm, I'm, well, Jumper notwithstanding. I mean, even Jumper, I think there's there's cool visuals in that movie. I mean, it, I, I I'm curious to see what Doug Lyman does with a with a, with a big Tom Cruise movie where Tom because Tom Cruise is so interesting and it's a it's written by a Christopher McQuarrie too who one one of my favorite combinations is Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie lately because yeah, they yeah. keep doing good stuff together. I I see good stuff in them. Yeah, Valkyrie's all right, but I mean I like Jack Reacher quite a bit and he's doing next. Mission Impossible stuff, but I mean, regardless, it's. I, I think Tom Cruise has a level of control over his movie, even Oblivion. As much as it's you know riffing off all of these other movies, I still think there's a there's a pristineness to it and something that doesn't make it just seem terrible to me. It just looks like a, it's just every other movie, but it still looks gorgeous and has control of what it's trying to do. But uh, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow looked neat. Be curious to see when the when the actual trailer comes out for it. Yeah, exactly. Let's see, RoboCop's coming too. We'll see. Like, oh. In terms of the next, I'm dreading gen- that the ne- the next generic Paul Verhoeven remake to come out. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's like total recall all over again. Yeah. I didn't even see it because I knew it was gonna be horrible, and then everyone said it was horrible. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what I expected. You know what I have? To, you know what I also have to mention? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. And you saw that footage too, Aaron. I think just yeah. like, holy shit, where did this come from? Like. I mean, I knew where I come from, but it's just like I wasn't expecting it to look as awesome as it does. Oh, I'm very excited for that. But yeah, I think the cast is so uh, just what a strange and unique and awesome group that they've assembled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure, and it has this kind of the tone because I wasn't, I didn't know what it was going. I mean, it's a Marvel movie, but it's about Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn directing, and it has this kind of. Like a Kurt Russell, John Carpenter tone almost to it in terms of like the, yeah, yeah. what Chris Pratt's going for and stuff. So yeah, it's um, I'm excited. I'm excited for that for sure. And what the other one? What's the other? Uh, um, not even based on just what we've seen already, but I mean the idea that Mar- uh, X Men: Days of Future Past is coming out. That's that's sci-fi. Oh, I would oh. say like that's even, even though it's a superhero property. I mean that's a. I mean you're in the future and there's robots going going after mutants. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the X Men. So you're saying that mutants aren't real? <laughs> <laughs> and well, that, mutants, mutants are real. I mean, people have two different colored eyes. That's yeah. a mutation. Jack Cape Bosworth. <laughs> 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 um, and yeah, obviously, like um, the Avatar. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm also curious about, but I have no hope for, is uh, the new Mad Max that I think they shot it. I have yes, no yeah. idea. No one knows about it, so you know it's around. right. No, because they kept saying they're like, "Oh, they're gonna shoot it," and then it was delayed for like a year, and then I I think it shot this year, but I have no idea. But who knows when we're gonna see it? Probably another five years from now. But I don't know. I'm just I love obviously Road Warrior, you know, 
the old original Mad Maxes, but like, is can can George Miller of today <laughs> still pull off what he did back then? Alex, I, don't know. I have one, I have two words to say to you: Happy Feet. Of course, yeah. you can. That's <laughs> <so> much. <laughs> no, you you forgot two more words: Happy Feet too. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, you're in good hands with Tom Hardy, at least. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's certainly convincing badass. Oh, here's another one. Uh, Hunger Games, Catching Fire. That's a oh, yeah. upcoming sci-fi movie. Yeah, I'm actually a huge fan of the Hunger Games series, and I don't yeah. want to be sounding like the guy who loves Twilight, but no, it's actually like a really good sci-fi story, like a good, well, it's post-apocalyptic, but kind of, like, th- there's a lot of cool sci-fi stuff. And even in this new trailer for the new one, they have, like, the ship flying around. I'm like, they're really embracing the sci-fi-ness of it. Thank goodness. I, I agree completely. I love those books, and I, yeah, I'm excited. See, the second, the second and third, I think the books are more sci-fi e than the first. I'm I'm currently reading the second book. Finally, I finally found some time, so <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I tried to read the second one. I had a, I gave up after about third way through. I like the first book. I just the second one just kind of lost me. So I'll see the movies for sure, though. We have Riddick coming up soon. <laughs> Vin Diesel's return to his character. Gross. I like Riddick. Yeah. No, I, I like love, I like the it's character. Black. It's just like. Hope it's, hope it's not. This looks like a big budget remake of Pitch Black. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that's why I'm excited, but I just hope it doesn't. I, I everything I had kept hearing about it was like, no, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> but we'll see. And um, I guess lastly, before I just wrap this up, there's something called Star Wars Episode Seven. I think that's a. <laughs> <laughs> some people wrote that's such a that. given. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> yes. right. like I right, know we're done with Star Wars. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I, I don't know what to say about it yet because it's like, yeah, I'm excited. There's, there's but nothing to say. There's no. Yeah. Know what do you think about it? Well, I mean, I'll 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 say that I'm I am confident in JJ enough that I don't think he's gonna screw it up. But I, yeah, I don't know what else. I'm waiting to hear more. I want to hear yeah. who he asks and what it's gonna be about and what they're gonna do. And are you guys? Uh, are you guys for or against? Reprising the character of Darth Maul in the in the new ones. I mean, there's how would he be alive? I mean, I'll say I this: as a person that watches the animated Clone Wars series where Darth Maul has returned, that that right. which that series does take place between episodes two and three, though. So I mean, I he'd be very old, I guess, if he was in episode seven. Right, that'd be kind of weird. That would be cool. I mean, I think they're going to try and do that a lot. They're going to be like, oh yeah, we got to yeah. get. Boba yeah. Fett in there somewhere. You have a and you never know too. The whatever race or breed, you know, type of creature Darth Maul is, you don't know how they age. They might have like like Yoda. You know, so they yeah, might. Yeah, I, I forget about that. They're oh, yeah. like years, so, like yeah. of years old, except for Han Solo. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say see like his brother or something, like other Maulish people with cool face paint. Yeah. Again, based on my watching of the animated Clone Wars series, there, there, there is—it's a very limited race, and he's one of the last of his kind. That's a, oh, oh well. To get Uber that's a Star damn Wars. good series. It is. I tried to get through that too. I need to—I need to get back to that because I—I just kind of lost interest somewhere. There's, there's some really, through. there's some really like challenging episodes in those. It gets better. Yeah. It gets better as it goes okay. on. As it focuses less on, hey, the droids say Roger Roger a lot. That's cute. Like it gets into actual deep themes, and it's oh like, oh, God. that's actually yeah. neat. <laughs> Yeah. All right, that's that concludes our sci-fi discussion for now. Let's get to a little out now presents what's out now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray and DVD and on demand, whatever this week. First off, we have Olympus Has Fallen, the prequel to White House Down. 
Um, <laughs> I, this movie was like it, it was more it was better than Die Hard, better than a good day to Die Hard. That's a that's what I can say about that one. It's it's one of the it's one of it's one of the two Die Hard movies I've seen this year. The other being White House Down. Um, let's see, Hatchet Three comes out. I have a, I I'm not a Hatchet fan. Is anyone a fan of the Hatchet series by chance? No. Yeah. No. All right. Moving on, Emperor. This is a film with Tommy Lee Jones and Matthew Fox. Did anyone see this movie? Yeah, I actually watched it on VOD a couple weeks ago. Is it good? That's all I have to say. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, uh, it's it's okay. very much like a very basic story, and then by the end you're like, okay, I saw it. Cool. That's it. All right. Uh, what general is he? Or what? What is he? What is the time? It's like it's like set in World War II, right after Japan has been bombed, and the U.S. is like sends this group of generals over to determine if the Emperor of Japan is a war criminal, and so they're like judging whether they should try him or not. And so Matthew Fox is like this guy who goes around, you know, talking with the Japanese locals to find out whether, you know, the Emperor is really a bad guy. And so it's like it's like World War II, but it's like a drama around him talking with the locals and coming to appreciate J- Japanese culture, in a sense. Interesting. Yeah. Next up, we have The Big Wedding, which I'm sure everyone already saw and loved. Um, has like, my, what, like, my parents saw it. Yeah? Couldn't get enough of it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a movie. Um, and lastly, A Band Called Death comes out this week. Anyone see A Band Called Death? That's the doc, right? Yeah, that's the doc about the, um, the punk group formed of a <clears throat> Three black guys, three African American, whatever. I'm black. I don't care. But three black guys. They 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 predated um the Ramones in terms of punk music, and they just never has that similar kind of like Searching for Sugar Man or Anvil kind of vibe, where it's like a band that never really took off, but like people people in the know know about them, and now they finally just kind of got more recognition. And it's a it's a solid documentary. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it looks I like awesome. I love Sugar Man's. It doesn't quite have the like the I don't know the emotional potency of Sugar Man does, but um. It's a good, it's a solid, it's a solid documentary for sure. I definitely recommend it. So yeah, that's what's out now. Um, let's see. Next week's show. Next week we'll be talking about Kick Ass Two. I believe that's the sequel to Kick Ass. <laughs> and um, <laughs> <laughs> let's. Uh, <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see more. I've read the books. I'm, I'm curious as to how well this looks. Uh, I really only want to see it because of Jim Carrey. Yeah. That it intrigues me that he's in this, even though he has, wants nothing to do with it. But regardless, let's uh, do a little box office predicting for it. Kick-Ass 2 arrives in theaters next week with, uh, what else, Jobs, The Butler, Paranoia, the movie with Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford that you know nothing about. And, uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, what, let's see, what what the what the previous Kick-Ass open to? I think it was... It really, I think it did really bad. It, it Yeah, overall it did, like, yeah, like, less than 50. It opened to 19 million, so... And, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember when I think it's Universal's now releasing this, and when they got the rights to it, everyone was like, "What are they doing? Like, can they like?" There's potential to it because it has a cult following, but they were like, "The first one just wasn't marketed well. Can they do a better job?" I don't know. It's interesting. Well, if that's it, any uh, thoughts on what it's going to make next weekend at the box office? Eleven million. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Eleven million. At eleven million. I'm gonna throw it thirty-four million. Thirty crazy. So I'm gonna saying, say it goes crazy. You're saying first place thirty-four? Yeah. You have a rank um, on my Maxwell on yours? Uh third place. Okay. 
I'm going to go second place with 22. Second with 22. It's a tough one, right? I mean, I don't I know. I feel like I kind of feel like the butler's going to be a big surprise hit on the next yeah. season. That's what I think, that's too. That's, yeah. that's why I'm going to say second yeah, place but also. The, I don't think the butler's going to be, you know, it's not the same. It's not going to pull from the people going to see Kick-Ass 2, probably. For no, sure, but, but I mean, there's a there's there's a, there's a whole people. other. Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah. high audience between, like, yeah. Up, between. Yeah, that's, yeah, like, remember when the blind side made $250 million? <laughs> but that came out, didn't that come out, like, in Thanksgiving time? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a. It did. I don't think this will be that big of a hit, but I, Oprah's going to sell tickets. That's, that's what I think, too. That's why I'm going to say yeah. Kick-Ass 2 will probably be second place. And Is the butler wide, though? Is it going to wide release? Yeah, they're I, all wide, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're all, uh, yeah. No, they're, okay. they're, they're all okay. like, on 2,000-odd screens next week, all those ones that I mentioned. Okay. And, uh, so I'm going to say, say, I'll say, like, 18. <laughs> say, probably. Say, which is right on par with the first Kick-Ass. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. And, um, yeah, that's... Uh, have been a lot of fun this episode. That's a, that's going to do it, though. This, that's going to do it for this week's Out Now, Apparently, You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at ysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. And um, go down the line. Alex? Um, as always, you can find me at firstshowing.net and on Twitter at firstshowing. Mark? I write for awardcircuit.com, and my Twitter is mjawardcircuit. And Maxwell. You can find my work at my blog, cinemaxwell.com, and follow me on Twitter at cinemaxwell. Awesome. You can find all the other episodes about Now There and Your Name on iTunes, also at hhwlod.com. You can find our show there, along with the other shows on that podcast network, including The Walking Dead TV podcast, Longbox, and other shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that. Outnow.podomatic.com, most of the newest episodes and some exclusives are available there. We have our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash out now podcast where you can listen to like the main review of the show and not like all the other stuff that goes around it. Uh, out now podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. Let us know your thoughts on Elysium or other, you know, sci fi of the day. Facebook.com slash out now podcast and Twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast. You can follow and like those pages there. We always like getting listener feedback and what have you. So feel free to tweet us or Facebook us or what have you. And lastly, out now podcast at dot tumblr.com. We just. We put stuff there, too. So there you go. <laughs> and, um, hmm. yeah, thank you, Alex John, Alex Billington, Mark Johnson, sure, sure. Dad, for coming on this week on the show. Yep, thanks for having us. Of course, thanks, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Always a pleasure. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to keep winning those games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's on now. I'm going to need a rematch. Challenge accepted. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> if, if there's not a time before, we know that the, the Hobbit, Hobbit 2 is still kicking it. That's the, that's the next time we'll have you guys on to play face off each other in an epic games. But anyway, Kick-Ass 2 is next week. Until next time, so long and goodbye.
maybe it would have been better if you know the trailer didn't say there is no island. But I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 